Hello, and welcome to this live recording from Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. This message was given by a guest speaker who visited our Burragoon campus. So sit back, listen in, and enjoy what God's got to say to you. I feel like uh, Morrow doesn't really need any introduction, but I'll leave him to introduce Steve and tell you a bit more about Steve's. We've had uh, the Still Band here before. Some of you might remember Steve was playing probably various instruments with the Still Band. Yep, it's probably true. Uh, Morrow, um, as you know, he's on 98.5 Sunshine FM uh, on the breakfast program and uh, you've already heard about his role with the West Coast Eagles. I knew Paul probably before he was really famous. He's really famous now. I knew him before then. Back about 15, 20 years ago, we, uh, we just began to connect just across church, across city type stuff. I can't remember how that happened. But um, no, it was very fortunate. It was a blessing and uh, he's just been a blessing to me over many years. And uh, we're just really glad you guys are here. So I'll get out of the way and uh, leave it with you. Thank you so much. Let's uh, welcome these guys one more time. How you going? All right. Thanks so much, Nick. Thanks for having me tonight. This is my mate, Steve. We're, uh, we're missing the band. Normally, uh, we've been doing this for 12 months, been visiting churches, sharing a bit of a message. It's been on my heart and and I'll sing some songs, but tonight you got the acoustic version, so I hope that's all right for the Mount Pleasant gang. I'll bring greetings from uh, Red Door Community Church, Adam and Dale, down there in Coburn, and uh, all your family down there. It's, it's just great to be here, but um, massive privilege to uh, be involved in, uh, obviously, 98.5 as well, and, and footy, and, and just love the city of Perth, and like so many people, I just share a heart to see the kingdom of God come into, the, into our city, and, and there's so many... Uh, Live, so many people that just need the love, love of God, yeah? So I'm just going to share a message. We're gonna, uh, if you've got a Bible, we've got the, the verses on the screen, but I'm just going to go straight into it. And uh, Reading from John chapter 4. If you've got a Bible, feel free to read. If not, I'm going to read it to you. So uh, it's a pretty well-known passage of the woman at the world. It goes, uh, Jesus knew the Pharisees had heard that he was baptizing and making more disciples than John. Though Jesus himself didn't baptize them, his disciples did. So he left Judea and returned to Galilee. He had to go through Samaria on the way. Eventually, he came to the Samaritan village of Sychar, near the field that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired from the long walk, sat wearily beside the well about noontime. Soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, please give me a drink. He was alone at the time because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. The woman was surprised, for Jews refused to have anything to do with the Samaritans. She, she said to Jesus, you're a Jew and I'm a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? Jesus was crossing a lot of, lot of lines here. The Samaritans and the Jews, actually, one of the disputes, they're actually related, they're distant cousins, and one of their disputes was actually to do with that well, Jacob's well, where, where Jesus sat at that point in time. Plus, she was a woman, and if you know the story, she was a woman of ill repute. So Jesus was breaking a lot of uh, social, I guess, etiquette in, at this point in time. But Jesus replied, if you only knew the gift God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. But sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket, she said, and this well is very deep. Where would you get this living water? And besides, do you think 
you're greater than our ancestor Jacob who gave us this well. How can you offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoyed? Jesus replied, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh, bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Please, sir, the woman said, give me this water. Then I'll never be thirsty again and I won't have to come here to get water. And um, it just reminds me of three things. Three things I want to draw out of that at the start of this and that it highlights there in that passage about humanity and about our condition. And number one is this. Everyone is spiritual. Everyone is spiritual. One of the things I think uh, science has done is try to convince us that we're, we're just atoms and molecules and, and, uh, and, and, you know, we're trying, I guess science at times tries to get rid of, of God. But uh, we are all spiritual. In fact, when you go to Bible college and you learn that we were made in the image of God, he said, in our image, he created us, right? I mean, he said, the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And, and our God is not a, not a man. Jesus is a man. God's not a man. God is a spirit being. The Bible says he is in all, through all, above all. Yeah? And he, we are created in his image. We are made as spiritual beings. And when we deny that spiritual part of ourselves, we're missing a huge part of our humanity, a huge part of, of who we are. And I like to think of it like this. I'm a, uh, I'm a farm boy. Anyone here from the bush? Any farm farmers, people? You'll know this. Um, one of my favorite things growing up on a farm was, was to see the miracle of life that could come out of a grain of wheat or a, a seed. And if you know what happens is you, uh, you, know, you, get a, you harvest the grain, you put it in the bin, and you've got millions of these things in the bin, they can sit inside like a, a, a grain of wheat or, a, or an oat, you know, an oat seed that sit in the bin. They can be there for years if you manage to keep the, the rats and the weevils out of them. And, um, and they, for all intents and purposes, appear dead, right? No life. But you come to put those seeds in the ground, you sow them in the soil, and you add water, and what happens? They come to life. And Paul writes, he actually says we are dead to Christ, but we are actual spiritual by nature. Every human on the planet is spiritual by nature. And this woman in this picture, in this story, was coming and she was thirsting and they got into a conversation about worship and spiritual things because she was spiritual. Yeah? Number one, get this, everyone is spiritual. Number two, everyone is thirsty. Yeah? We're all thirsty. I mean, in this point in time, it says in, uh, in verse 6 that Jesus thirsted. He was, he was hot and he was weary and, and Jesus was God in the form of a man and he came down and he took on our humanity and he knew what it was to thirst. This woman was thirsty and uh, Jesus spoke to her about her thirst because she was, uh, she'd been with five guys. She was very thirsty. She was looking for something, wasn't she? In fact, the psalmist writes, as the deer... Pants for the water, so my soul thirsts for you, O oh God. We are thirsty, and uh, you've only got to read the read the West Australian, and uh, just to see the nature of thirst in the city of Perth, and read about the meth epidemic and people sticking a pick in their arm to try and satiate 
that thirst that is with to try and find some means some satisfaction we've been created this human condition to belong to be loved to be accepted all these these thirsts. we're all thirsty in fact there's a scottish author that writes he says this line i love he says even the young man who rings the doorbell at the brothel is subconsciously th- searching for god he's thirsting for something looking for something and uh, we are all spiritual we're all thirsty. And number three, which we're reminded here, is that we're all broken. We are all broken, yeah? I was raised a Baptist, so this theology I really understand, you know. We're all broken. We're all sinners. Romans three twenty three: for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And uh, in this passage, again, if you, you read on and you discover this woman, she was a broken woman. And she was uh, coming, she was drawing water in the middle of the day because of the shame around who she was. Uh, she didn't want to, most people would, wouldn't go in the heat of the day, they'd go in the cool of the morning or the cool of the evening. But she was going in the middle of the day hoping no one would be there. It just turned out Jesus was there. I think he might have known something. But uh, here's a spiritual, thirsty, broken woman coming to a well. And Jesus does something astounding. He asks her for a drink. How incredible is that? And that's, that's the condition of humanity. That's the condition of us. Well, everyone on the planet is spiritual. Everyone's thirsty. Everyone's broken. And uh, we've got to find out where we're going to, uh, going to fill that thirst. One of the things I've um, been doing, this is my eighth year of Breakfast Radio, and uh, one of the first things we do when we get in the studio every morning is we just open up the news feeds. And we kind of see what stories have broken overnight. And, um, you know, to be honest, I reckon that's one of the worst parts of the job because it, I liken it, it's like crawling through mud to start your day because we're trying to find positive stories. And who knows, the media love to, to, to uh, glamorise, you know, brokenness and, and all that's wrong. In fact, someone once said to me that the news is like Satan's Facebook feed. Right, you know what? You know your Facebook feed. You put up all the stuff you think you've accomplished, and and all the stuff you want to brag about, essentially. But there in the news is Satan doing the same. Look, look at this war that's broken out, or look at this, this, you know, how many people have died, or this sickness, or how bad the flu. It just goes on and on, every single day. And it, and it can, you know, at times it can get you down. You think, wow, this world really, really is broken. And, um, and there's two ways I've found to look at this. There's two ways of looking at, at how broken and how thirsty and how desperate the world has become. I think more than ever, the world is thirsty for the truth. And um, it reminds me, I always think of this story of, a, uh, of two shoe salesmen that were sent to India in the hope of, of, of selling shoes. And uh, it was all about their, their outlook. One gets over there. And he looks around and he writes back and he says, look, there's no point sending any shoes because no one here wears any shoes. So it's a waste of time. No one's got shoes on their feet. It's hopeless. So don't bother. I might as well come home. The other bloke lands and he goes, send all the shoes you've got. Send truckloads, shipments of shoes. No one's wearing shoes. Yeah? There's an opportunity here for me, right? And as believers, as people that have the life and the love and and have tasted of the living water, we can look at the world and we can be overwhelmed, we can be downhearted, we can can think there's too much brokenness 
or we can think, what an opportunity for those who have the truth. Because the world is so thirsty. The world is so, so thirsty for what we have. And we've heard about it, the opportunity to open up at Sports Chaplain to you. And um, we're going to sing a couple of songs tonight. I'll basically do some songs because I haven't got enough to say, so I'll fill it up. But um, this is a song I wrote just after I started at Breakfast Radio. It's called Crazy Days. And um, it's just about the fact that I was looking at, you know, I guess getting new to used to the, the idea that every morning I'd have to get up and see how insane the world had become. I just think some days the world's gone mad. I can't believe some of the stuff I read. And it, it just seems absolutely crazy. And, it, and you, go, you can kind of go, oh, why doesn't somebody do something? Why doesn't somebody take initiative and stand up and make some change and, and lead us out of this absolute mess and this insanity that we seem to be living in? And there's a great line by an author, some of you might have heard this quote from Solzhenitsyn, and he says, the line dividing good and evil, it doesn't run between countries, it's not the border between nations, but it runs through every human heart. Good and evil is inside every human. And the choice that, to make change in this crazy world is just begins, always has and always will start with you and me. That's where it begins and ends. We're the ones, we make change within ourselves and we, then we go and Jesus says, just go and cause others to do likewise. So this is a song called uh, Crazy Days.
Love ain't easy, love ain't free, but it got paid for you and Hey, yeah, these are crazy days. Seems everyone has lost their way. think of this nursery rhyme when I think of the fallenness of humanity. Some of you might remember Humpty Dumpty. Humpty Dumpty. I like saying that. Humpty Dumpty. Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall. Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. All the king's horses, all the king's men couldn't put Humpty together again. Humpty was a big egg. And And, uh, But, you know, I think about humanity falling, right? And we can't put ourselves together again. We can't. But in that little nursery rhyme, the answer is there. The king, the king can put Humpty together again. And it's only through through Christ that we are put together again. All the pieces of our lives that often don't make sense. And like that song says, the crazy days, it starts with you and I needing God. And uh, this is a song that's called Pieces, and it's just about... Sometimes I guess feeling like my whole life is a mess, but but the king takes me and he hopefully turns us into something beautiful. So feel like I'm a jigsaw puzzle waiting on a tabletop. Hoping someone comes along, turns these pieces into one. Seems that nobody's got the box. Feel like I'm a chocolate block and everybody wants a piece When all I want to do is keep a little bit for you Guess I'll give the rest away for free Take all the pieces of me Make me into something beautiful Take all the pieces of Make me into something beautiful Feel like I'm a homeless man I'm dreaming of a place to stay Can anybody love me with this baggage that I have? Are they wishing that I'd go away? Take all the pieces of Make me into something a jigsaw and I'm not a chocolate block, I'm just another hungry soul, hoping somehow you can make up for all the missing pieces, turn me into 
that jumps out of me that passage is in verse uh, chapter 4 verse 10 it says this Jesus replied to the woman if you only knew if you only knew the gift God has for you and who you are speaking to you would ask me and I'd give you living water and now the benefit of hindsight 2,000 years ago there was a woman who sat at this well with with the lamb of God the son of God and had a conversation you imagine being in that moment? You'd think she had no idea who he was. And it wasn't her fault, but she was, she was ignorant. Okay, Not her fault, but she was ignorant to the truth. And I guess it, it, it points out to me that it's a similar condition now for, all, for humanity. There's a level of ignorance in the world as to where to go to satisfy this thirst. Where do we go? To, to fill that, that void in us of, of, of identity, the questions around belonging and, and being loved and being accepted and being secure, where do we go for that? Because it, to me, it looks like people are going to all kinds of wrong places. You know, they're looking maybe on Facebook or, or looking, like I mentioned before, taking drugs, all those, you know, money, fame, power, all those things we think we chase after that might quench that thirst that is within us. But essentially, we're ignorant if we don't know that it comes from Jesus, yeah? He's the only one. He's the only one that can truly quench that thirst and satisfy that longing deep within all of us. One of the things... um, comes up quite a lot as in my role with West Coast is conversations with, with people, not just players actually, the whole place is pretty, pretty performance driven, but it's around this idea of performance anxiety. And uh, that means where people get almost crippled out of fear of, of failure because of their performance. And so if you imagine, just take for instance, say a young AFL player, a young guy who might have started playing footy when he was, you know, seven, eight years old and played a bit of nab, Oz kick or something. Turns out he was okay. 
you know, and then he, he plays under 11s, under 12s, and he goes really well. He gets fairest and best. So, you know, then he plays under 14s, and, and he's still... And so he becomes, essentially, these young guys, normally their path is they're the best all the way through. And they get to uh, under 15s, they're the best. They get picked in the state side. They become under eight. And under 18s, finally, if things go their way, they get drafted into an AFL side which is, you know, their dream. They get on this trajectory and it, and it all comes down to essentially how good they can kick a pigskin around a paddock, you know, play football. And so their identity gets almost shrunk down to this thing that, that seems so important in order for them to get ahead. But what happens, they get onto an AFL list and there's 45, 46 players on a list and, and they think they've arrived, but then they've got to force their way into the 22. So you can, every week... You see 22 players out there playing. There's another 20 or more players who are playing seconds, trying to keep their fitness up, working just as hard in the gym, on the training track, working their guts out, but they're still not good enough. They've been good all their life, but they're still not quite good enough to realise their dream. And then there's some of the guys that get into the team and then, you know, for whatever reason, you know, they might have had a couple of good games, picked up 30 touches, and then someone puts a hard tag on them, if you know football, and they come off and they've only got 10. So what does that mean about them? Because if they can't perform to the level they want, who, does, who are they? If they've been performing all this time in order to get to this place. And that's what performance anxiety can do. It can cripple you. But here's the, here's the, here's the kicker. It's not limited to AFL players. It's actually the human condition. It's this, this works mentality in life that the more I do, the more stuff I have, the, the better my family looks to others and all this, you know, just tells people how good I am. So I've got to keep performing. And then Jesus comes along and he sticks his arms wide in the cross and he says, I just take you as you are. The deal is I just love you. That's it. And that's what makes you... That's what makes you valuable beyond anything this world can ever give you. How good is that? Who wouldn't want to drink that in? Yeah? Man, he cites me. It's so good. All that we need, Jesus was the word made flesh. He came and dwelt among us and he's a living water. Anyone here love the word of God? Baptist, surely. Yeah, right. Oh, oh, biggest response I've had all night. Well done. Yeah, love the Bible. I love the Bible. I began, when I started reading it as a 12-year-old kid. I read it through. And uh, it has been everything, the source of all the direction in my life, my hope, in the Word of God. All right, bit of a pop quiz. Who knows the longest chapter in the Bible? Not you, Nick. 119, all right. Psalm 119 is the longest. All right, next part of the question. Every single verse in that chapter is about what? Oh, tough, eh? Yeah. Someone knows it. Huh? It's about the word of God, yeah. It's about the law, the precepts, the commands. It's actually a Hebrew acrostic. It's broken up into the Hebrew alphabet. And every single verse, the psalmist is, is, is saying, your word is a lamp to my feet, a light under my path. Verse 11, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. The whole psalm, the longest passage in the Bible is essentially lifting up the power and the life of the word of, the word of God. 
Yeah? How good's that? Because in the Word of God is freedom. God is a good, good Father who's given us these instructions not to deny us or rob us, but to set us, to give us the trajectory of life. Right? So if we understand that it comes from a good father, then we understand, like take the commands, right? The Ten Commandments. They're, people misunderstand, oh, the commands that, you know, you can't do this, you can't do that, you Christians. Man, the Ten Commandments that give us freedom. And we take the worst one, right? Say, thou shalt not murder, right? That's a good idea. Yeah? It's a great idea. If anyone's thinking about killing someone, don't do it. All right? It will not help your life. And so Jesus, God isn't telling us not to kill, right? It's, it's telling us for others' good and our good. It's not a great idea. We'll destroy. It's just bad. So we understand, right, the commands of God are to bring us life and freedom. Go forward. Go to Jesus. Matthew 22. Does anyone know what? He's having this chat with a scholar. And they said, well, what's the greatest commandment? What is it? Love Lord, you go with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, right? Yeah, and love your neighbor as yourself. And then Jesus says to the guy, he says, you've answered well. And he says, on these two commands, the law, everything, everything, the law, the prophets, the whole lot, hang on these two. So Jesus has given us the, the, the answer to the, the questions that it answers just everything, all right? The whole lot is answered. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Now, if we'll go back to what I said before. The law, it's not like Jesus is going, do this, right, and I'll accept you. He's saying, do this, and you'll find life. If you love me and you love others, you will have the fullest, richest life that I could ever have given you because my word brings freedom. It's not restrictive. It is the answer. Okay? And psychologists reckon there's four big questions humanity asks. Where do we come from? Where are we going? And in the middle, we ask two questions. Who am I? And what am I doing here? It's a question. Who am I? It's a question of identity. And it's a question of purpose. And you think they're, they're the things that people thirst for. Identity and purpose. And Jesus answers them in two commands. Because if you love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength, you will discover who you are. You will discover your identity as a child of God. It is sealed up in knowing Him. Your identity, who am I, is found when we love and we focus and we worship on God. And what am I doing here? What is my purpose? Love God others as you love yourself. You will find more meaning in life by giving your life away and blessing and pouring it out for those around you than any other thing. All that we thirst for is found there in the Word of God. And that's what everyone's chasing and needing and wanting. And the answer is there for your faith to access it. How good is that? It's so good. And, uh, you know, I guess sometimes we feel... Like, we're not good enough. We can't do it. I wrote this song years ago when I was, I was in a really rough place, and it's called My Hallelujah. And it's about the fact that hallelujah means praise the Lord, okay? That's what the, the, the Hebrew, praise the Lord. And uh, every one of us has got a song in our lives. 
Everyone's got a song that our lives is, and we just got to sing it. And God's not judging that song. He's just the father asking his children, sing me your song. It doesn't matter if it's, if it's broken, not perfect. Just sing that song in, in, a, in a way that loves God and loves others, and you will find life, life more, than, more abundant than any other thing is found in that. Yeah? I'm going to sing it now. Sometimes I wonder how I ended up here. Cause I'm still just a boy in these oversized shoes. And I've nothing to say.
Yeah, hallelujah. Love God, love others. Just going to finish up. I'm nearly there. A couple of thoughts and a few songs and we'll be done. John 7 says this, Whoever believes in me, as Scripture has says, said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. Does anyone believe in him? So, so these rivers of living water are not just coming from Christ. They're coming from you. As you sing your hallelujah. And there's a couple that are, as I've been doing, doing this in the band the last 12 months, have been highlighting this charity called Water for Africa. There's some friends of mine I've known about 10 years. Their name's Phil and Julie Hepworth. And Phil, uh, they're an English couple that moved to Australia and he, he was working as a retic guy. They've got three boys. And Phil got ultra depressed, lost his way, was literally just at the bottom. Going, God, what, what am I here for? I'm wasting my time. He, he was just crying out to God, and he heard this statistic at the time that basically every, every 30 seconds, or every 15 seconds it was at the time, it's changed, but every 15 seconds a child in the world dies for lack of clean water. And he thought, maybe I could do something about that. And a very long story short, he ended up in Tanzania, Africa, and he started this charity, started drilling wells, and, and, uh, and Water for Africa was founded. And just in the last six months alone, Water for Africa have provided clean water for over one million people, right? And that's from a guy that, and his wife, and they just started saying, well, let's, this is going to be a hallelujah. We're going to travel to Africa. We're going to start drilling wells. We're going to start fixing wells that have broken and, and just serving the people. And they'll put a well in and they'll preach the gospel and, and people will come to Christ and they'll pray for the sick. My wife's been over with some medical teams. They, they, they run teams in the, when they're digging a well in the village under the tree. They'll run the clinics and they'll triage and, and, and treat people. And it's just being Christ in a context where they, they're thirsty and desperate and just feeding them and, and meeting them where they're at. I wrote a song called Lead Me to the Well, but what I love about this picture is it shows us, it's, a, it's like a picture that is a metaphor for your life and my life as a living well. Because Julie, Phil's wife, when she went to Africa, she, she was going, how do I, I'm an English woman who's moved to Australia, I'm ministering in Tanzania and Africa, how do I connect with these people? There's so many lines to cross. And a, a woman over there called Heidi Baker said this, it's really not that complicated, just honour the people. Just honour them. That's profound, isn't it? I think I've read that somewhere before. Honour one another above yourselves. Just honour people. When people ask Shannon and I what we do as chaplains, you literally go in and lift them up and honour them. Honour them in whatever state they're in because they are made in the image of God and they're worth loving. And Jesus comes here, comes to earth, the Son of God, and he comes to a well and he meets this woman who is broken of ill repute and he gives us a model for how to love the broken. Go and meet them where they're at. Go and find that woman the, the, the broken, despised Samaritan woman in your world and honour and serve them where they are. That's how we love them. That's how we take the living water of Christ in us to the world. These African people singing and dancing as water floods out of a, out of a well. And, you're gonna, and I just want you to picture your life in your neighbourhood or your workplace and, and think, that's me. I'm that well of living water. People are spiritual, people are thirsty, and people are broken. 
And Christ, Paul writes, we carry this treasure, this all-surpassing glory in jars of cracked clay. That's who we are. We're just broken, busted bits of clay holding this precious, all-surpassing glory of God that he has trusted to you and to me to take into the world that people would discover how to love God and love others and find the meaning of life. Yeah? Enjoy. This is called Lead Me to the Well. I just want to pray. Father, 
We thank you for the living water of Jesus Christ in our lives. For those who believe, Lord, you fill us. We become streams of living water. And Lord, I just pray for every person present here tonight, this community of, of Mount Pleasant Baptist placed here strategically in this city. Lord, for every vessel in this room, Lord, that carries your Holy Spirit, and that carries your life. Lord, as they go out from here this week, into their homes, into their communities, into their schools, into their workplaces, Lord, into the sporting clubs, Lord, on the streets, Father, that your living presence would overflow. And Lord, your heart within us for the lost, the broken, the spiritual, thirsty, broken people of this city, Lord, that you would break our hearts the same. And Lord, as Jesus did, he came and he served as he served that woman. Lord, I pray that you would give us eyes to see the despised, the rejected. Lord, those, the least of these, that our hearts would be moved to love, to serve and to honour. And Father, I pray you would equip everyone as they need. Lord, all that they need is theirs according to your riches, Lord, that they would sing their hallelujah. Father, that it would bring glory to you and they would bring the love of Christ to this world. And we pray this. And everyone who agreed tonight said, Amen. Thank you very much. Thanks, Nick. Thanks, guys, for having us. Thanks, Steve. It's been a whole lot of fun. Cheers, guys. We hope you enjoyed this message from Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. If you'd like to talk to someone about what you've heard today, then you can contact the team at Mount Pleasant Baptist Church by calling the office during office hours on 9329-1777. Thanks for joining us. We look forward to your company again soon. God bless.